Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do this. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for tournament week, AAC tournament week. I'm Mark Giannato, the commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined by Drew Hill, our Tiger basketball beat writer, and Jason Munns, our producer, and AAF connoisseur. We we finally reached the moment. I think a lot of people have had this week kind of circled for a while now um, because the tournament is here in Memphis because of what the Tigers have shown they can do at home. Um, I, I, people, I feel like people have been, even when the season started, like right before it started, people were like, well, no matter what happens, you know, this team could maybe run the table at the AAC tournament. And now we're finally here. Um, so this is going to be, I think this is going to be, a really exciting week, maybe the most exciting week of the season. March Madness, baby! Yeah, Mar- I want to just yell. I just want to scream. Like yeah. this is this is <laughs> by like Ron far. Burgundy or something. Oh, no, yes, yeah, yeah. I want to just start yelling. Yeah. Um, Loud is, noises. Yes, 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 yes. No, but um, this is the best week. I mean, conference championship week. Like this whole week with all these, you know. I disagree. The first week of the NCAA tournaments. No, I know, I know, no. Uh, that's not I'm getting to that point this stretch of like two to three weeks is the best stretch in sports like this and to me you know about wild card weekend ish in the NFL like those are the two best weekends I don't think anything rivals you know these next two or three weeks in sports it's pretty awesome well and one thing uh that's really interesting the prospect of Memphis playing in the AAC championship game on St. Patrick's Day, Beale Street would be <laughs> bumping. Um, that would be pretty darn cool, I think. Um, but let's talk about that. So Memphis beats Tulsa to close out the regular season. Not a pretty win, but a win. And and Penny mentioned afterwards, you know, it's a win he didn't think they would get a month ago where they had to gut it out and, kind of rely on their defense when thing you know it was it just wasn't pretty but it was a win and that's all that really mattered in the end um so they finished 19 and 12 11 and 7 in conference play so same record as last year one game better in conference um but obviously their net and their Ken Palm rating are much better than a year ago but so now they get Tulane in the uh, first round of the AAC tournament and if they win that they face UCF in the quarterfinals on Friday, and I, I'm Drew. I want you've you've written a couple stories this week. I, I suggest people check them out at commercialappeal.com. But peg me, peg their chances. What what are how how does Memphis do this? What do you what do you think the chances are that they can pull this off? Well, uh, you know, right now, 
according to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, their odds are set at six to one. So if they played it six times, they'd win one. I, I, I think that sounds about right. Does it sound about right to you? Yeah, I guess. I don't know if I'd bet on it or not, but it yeah. sounds like it sounds like Vegas yeah. knows if someone in someone in Vegas has been watching the AAC I, this year. You know, I I expected at first, and you know, I've been keeping an eye on this since it started but you know i expected you know their chances to be better than a temple per se i i mean they're it's a little bit their chances are seem to be a little bit um below ucf at this point but i i like i can totally picture memphis beating them in the quarterfinals and making it to the semifinals i think that game against houston is going to be extremely tough especially when you watch them this past weekend against cincinnati they lose to UCF, they come back, and they just blast Cincinnati at Cincinnati, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, so. if, if Houston play, I, I said this on Twitter, if Houston plays the way it did in the second half against Cincinnati, no one in the AAC is beating them. The, the thing is, is it's, it's the tournament, and it's March Madness, and there's no guarantee that they're going yep. to play like they did in the second half against Cincinnati. Um, so that's well, going to be fascinating. Yeah, look, I mean... I don't think, you know, if 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 I were to ask somebody, who do you think is going to win the AAC tournament, and somebody responded and said, I think Memphis is going to win it because they're at home, like I wouldn't bat an eye, you know, I would be like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Now, what will I would I pick Memphis to win the whole thing? If you made me pick a team, no, I'd pick Houston, and my Memphis wouldn't even be my second pick. I don't think. I think I, I'd pick Cincinnati next, um, and then maybe Memphis. But in general, yes. I mean, it's totally possible that Memphis could win this tournament. Um, but they they have a lot of work to do, for sure. If you ask Ken Palm, do you guys see this? His, his uh, percentages for who... Uh, he's got Houston with a 40.8% chance of winning it. Cincinnati with a 22.3% chance. UCF... 13.8, Temple, 8.4, Memphis, 7.8. And then it falls off after that. Wichita State is next with a 2.9. What's Tulane's chance? <laughs> They're 300 uh, to 1. Less than point zero one. Wow. Wow. That is strong. Tulane gets no respect. No zero. respect. Yeah, that's, that's, Don't they know Mike Dunleavy's coaching that team? He's less, an NBA guy. Let me no see. respect. What the, yeah, what, Tulane, <laughs> he's, Tulane he's, gets... Ken Palm's got Tulane with a 4.9% chance of reaching the quarters. So, okay. So, you're so saying Memphis essentially a has 95% chance they're going to win that game. Of winning. That. Well, I actually think the bigger question isn't whether Memphis beats Tulane. To me, it's actually important that they beat the crap out of Tulane yeah. because you want, if you're going to have to play four, di- four games in four days. I think you you'd like to be able to rest, especially Jeremiah in the second half of that of course. game. Um, my my whole thing about the you know I think on any given day, like if you if you said on Saturday Memphis is going to play Houston or Thursday or Friday they're going to play UCF, like on any given day Memphis can beat anyone in this league. This league is just not that good. Um, like Houston is Houston appears to be the one sort of elite team in the league, and I still think you know especially because this tournament is at FedEx Forum, Memphis could beat them on any given day. My my concern and why I wouldn't pick Memphis to pull this off, to win four games in four days, is they've won four games in a row once this season. 
and three of the wins were against uh, Little Rock, Tennessee State, and Florida A&M. And to, to win four games in a row this week, they are essentially going to have to beat three NCAA tournament teams, UCF, Houston, and then probably either Cincinnati or Temple. Okay, but here's the counter to that. You know, we have, I, I think we can all agree that this team has made huge steps um, since. I agree. And they still haven't won time. four games in a row. Exactly. But at the same time, they haven't got had the chance to play four games at home in a row. You know, that's true. Um, so the circumstances. Well, and I different. think if you can get to me, the key game is going to be that Saturday game. If you can get to Sunday, who all, bets, all bets are, are off. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you can get to that championship game and you're playing for a bid, like you know, then then the adrenaline, it's like whatever. Right. It's that to me. What I what I'm concerned with is like I think they. I if I had to predict, I've said since very beginning, I thought this season in terms of record and finish was going to mirror last year, um, and it, the regular season it did. They had the same exact record. And I have a feeling, my gut just tells me it's going to mirror last year's, uh, what happened in last year's tournament, in that they'll win their opening game, they'll win a close game against UCF in this case, last year it was Tulsa, and then they're going to play one hell of an exciting game in the semifinals, but ultimately the best team in the league is going to win. Um, last year was Cincinnati, and this year it was, um, it, I think it could, it'll be Houston. But again, on any given day, because it's March Madness, That's why and you because play the games. well, and because it's not just because it's March Madness in his home, it's because of Jeremiah, because he is a, the type of guy he's shown here the last month who can almost you know, can basically single handedly carry you to a win. You know, I think it's going to be hard for him to do that every game of this tournament, but he could certainly do it one or two games. Um, they're going to need. They need they need guys like Kareem Bruton and Keevan Davenport. Like Kareem Bruton played really well down the stretch last year, and they could really use that Kareem Bruton this year. And then obviously, Keevan has looked lost for the most part for the better part of three weeks. And if he doesn't play well, I don't know if they can pull this off because I just think Jeremiah is going to need some help. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able Antoine to put up. Jones will probably be pretty important as well. Antoine, if Tyler, Tyler had a very encouraging game. Tyler Harris had a very encouraging game against Tulsa. Um, and again, it's, it's because it's, you know, if this was in Orlando, like last year, you know, you'd, you'd wonder what you were going to get out of those freshmen, but because it's at home, I actually think you're right. Like, I think you have, a, you, you feel more comfortable relying on them in this situation, because even though it's a tournament setting, it's going to feel like a home game, sort of. Um, I, you know, so, although it will be afternoon games, um, I'll be curious how that so affects them. Let's, uh, let's give some picks. Let's, let's give a, give a final four in this AAC tournament and a champion. Before we go do, around the table. Before we do that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but before we do that, as long as we're assuming Houston is going to be in the, mm-hmm. in the semifinals, that means they're going to have to beat either UConn or South Florida, right? Mm-hmm. To get there. Is it is it is it that safe of a bet that they're going to beat? Say, I mean, for argument, I mean, they're sake. twenty and two. Like to me, in a lot of these situations, I mean, I guess they could get upset. They could. They, like, they, they could play, play poorly. I, I the thing about Houston is they don't just rely. You, when you watch them, they have shot makers all over the floor, and it's and one they have. They have a great coach. Kelvin Sampson's probably the best coach in the league. 
Right. I mean, let's like to be quite honest. Like, he's probably going to win coach of the year. Yeah, I don't think that he's a national today. coach of yeah. the year candidate. Yeah, that's not disputable. And and but they have shot makers all over the floor. So if Corey Davis goes cold, right? They got Armani Brooks and Nate Hinton who can help him out. And that's what I'm saying with Memphis. Like we know they've got Jeremiah Martin, but like they need someone else who can consistently step up during this tournament. It, right now, it's been you know someone here, someone there, and you haven't been able to rely on anyone but Jeremiah. And and hopefully, over these four games, someone emerges who gets hot for Memphis. Maybe in I've, addition to Jeremiah. Maybe I've uh, just never heard this analogy before, but Kelvin Sampson yesterday on the coaches' teleconference was like comparing freshmen playing in games to chasing three rabbits around a room. I mean, it's it, he's got some great lines. Like, I, I forget what it was. Oh, somebody asked him after the Memphis game in Houston this year, how do you explain the culture that he's built there? And he's like, well, you know, that's like trying to explain the ocean to someone who's never seen water. You know, he's got all these things. And yesterday he went off on this huge tangent about how a freshman, if he was trying to catch a, three rabbits in a room, would never catch any of the three rabbits because he'd keep getting distracted by the other rabbit. And he'd start chasing that, and then he'd never catch the rabbit. And uh, it's just, it, the guy is just incredible. I mean, that a shot at Tyler Harris's size. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, it'll. It, it, I think it's safe to assume Houston. I mean, Houston. The, the, I think the thing we're overlooking and talking about all this is Memphis beating UCF. Right. I mean, UCF. They lost to Temple to close the regular season, but like. That was Fran Dumphy's last home game. Like that was going to be a hard game to win. Before that, they're the only team in the league that's knocked off Houston and Cincinnati. Ended Houston's thirty-three game home winning streak. Like they they were playing really well. B.J. Taylor is you know he's not the prolific scorer Jeremiah is, but go back to that game at UCF a few weeks ago. He was the guy making all the big plays down the stretch. You know. Aubrey Dawkins was a second-team All-AAC selection. So was Taco Fall. Um, or maybe he was third-team. But, like, I, I think we're just making this assumption. And I think they will beat UCF, but it's going to be a really hard game. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be – that's going to be a tough – even though they beat them by 20 here, uh, you know, a month Man, or two ago. Yeah, happen again. I yeah, don't think so. I don't no. think so either. That's why it's critical to your point that they – Find a way to cruise against Tulane. They need to. Yeah, I think I think that's more important for like you know it's just a second game. Like I, it, the the fatigue factor I think comes into effect starting on the weekend is where you know like you saw it last year when Memphis made it to Saturday. They came out blazing in the first half against Cincinnati and then really lost a lot of steam in the second half. Um, and I think you saw it kind of catch up to them there. Um, so. I mean, you said you wanted me to have a pick. You wanted to pick the yeah, semifinals. Yeah, let's, let's all let's all pick the the semifinals and the our eventual winner. I'm gonna say Houston, Memphis, Temple, Cincinnati, and then it'll be we're gonna get Houston, uh, Cincinnati in the finals, and Houston will win. Okay, I've got a I've got so something very chalk. similar. Mostly yeah. chalk. I've got Wichita State's a wild card. I yes. could see them maybe beating see? Temple in see, the that's quarters, a, that's, but that was where, where we I was, were going to differ. Yeah, uh, so we might have the yeah. same pick. I've got Houston, Memphis, with Houston going to the championship, and I've got Wichita State and Cincinnati, and Houston, Cincinnati final with Houston winning. My problem with Wichita, they played better down the stretch, but if you look at it, 
they played better because their schedule was soft. Right. Like they got a lot of wins because they played all the bad teams in the league. Um, but, but but momentum is is yeah. a powerful thing. It really is. Well, and they have a good coach, and they've they got a Greg, very very good coach. Greg Marshall can coach. Who's done a lot of things in March before. But to me, March is a lot about guys who can create their own shot and shot makers. And Wichita doesn't have a lot of those. They got right. Marcus McDuffie. Temple has a lot of them. Temple has a lot of those. Houston's got a lot of those. Memphis, those are the two. Actually, I mean, Memphis. Memphis does a, a, when a if all those, like, if you take the roster collectively, like, you just don't know if you can count on them. But, yes, Memphis has a roster with the p- potential to have a lot of shot makers. It's just, like, all year we haven't seen, like, how many games has, like, everyone clicked Memphis, it just hasn't happened. That home UCF game was, I mean, Wichita State at it. home was kind of like that, wasn't it? If I remember right, yeah. I mean, that was that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was the first conference game of the year. I right. guess UCF was in January too. But yeah, I mean, it's, been a, it's been a lot of Jeremiah. You need, you, need you. I think you need multiple. You know, like Penny talks about, you need three guys and like. They don't get. They haven't gotten three guys that much lately, and like they need three guys to and they've really. They've still hit. been in it. If they would have gotten three guys, that's at Cincinnati. They probably win that game. You know? Yeah. Um. And so, that's that's the big question. Like, who are going to be those guys who step up for Memphis? Um. Because ultimately, I think well, what's interesting to me is I think they are. You know, they're playing. You know, I think what this tournament will decide, other than you know, we were talking about the four games in four days and like the 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 chance they could, you know, get the automatic bid and go to the NCAA tournament. I think they're also playing for seeding. I think they're I think they're going to make the NIT now that they beat Tulsa, um, and if they beat Tulane, I think they're a lock, an, an NIT lock. I think right now they're playing to see how many home games. Like if you can beat UCF. I think you're going to get two NIT home games at least. Um, and from what I understand, that first NIT game, if it's at home, will be Tuesday Sounds night. Sounds like Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday night after Selection Sunday. I'm interested. I like that Tennessee. The atmosphere for the Tennessee game was incredible. Um, but if they do make it to Houston on Saturday, that'll with be a great that crowd. You'll have. Probably a higher percentage of Memphis fans in the building because there was, you know, some orange there for the Tennessee game. I mean, that atmosphere might be the best of the season. Well, we'll see because you know, in these tournament things, they have to sell a certain amount of block of tickets to each school. So, like, if there's four teams in the semifinals, there's going to be three blocks of tickets at least that belong to Cincinnati and Temple and Memphis fans will find their way in. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll be a great crowd. <laughs> no, my question is what's the crowd going to be like Thursday and Friday when you got these weekday one o'clock tips? You know, it won't matter for the Tulane game that like I you know, I don't be. expect there'll be I don't think there's going to be a ton of people on Thursday at the Tulane game. You know, that's hard for people to take off work. At least with Friday you can say like okay, I'll take a half day yeah. and you know, and then and it's a it's a bigger game. Like the Tulane game is like like let's be honest, like Tulane is god awful. I expect a good crowd Friday for UCF. Yeah, but I still think the weekend is where you're really going to see yeah. the place bumping. Um, I you know you know if it was a night set, it was the evening game on Friday. I could see it being real, real rowdy in there. Um, but it'll be and then I I just wonder like. These other games, like Thursday night, like these, 
the Thursday night session where it's Wichita, ECU, and SMU, Tulsa. At 9 o'clock, right? Yeah. yeah. 9 o'clock, Wichita and ECU. Well, like it used to be like when I, I remember two years ago when I went to the AAC tournament in Hartford. Think about what Hartford was like when UConn wasn't playing. <laughs> it was just... And I mean, even last year, last year in Orlando, Wichita State brought fans, but other than that, it wasn't right, that great. Right. Like no one really brought fans. Okay. But well, we should, we should, uh, also get on to Jeremiah Martin's player of the year discussion as well. Speaking of Jeremiah Martin, which one of us won the showcase showdown? I, I know it wasn't me because I predicted 41. Somebody pr- predicted 14. No, no, no. He scored 14 in the first matchup. He, I, it was you picked twenty seven. I think it was definitely Mark on last week's podcast for no, what he would I, score against Tulsa. I don't remember what I picked. Oh. I anyway, picked thirty something. That was a that was a lot of sleepless nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I just know I lost. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think this player of the year discussion, or it's going to come out Wednesday, midday Wednesday. Who the player of the year is is when it'll be announced. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, you might already know. But I think this discussion is is really interesting because the coaches vote for player of the year, and we just had the all-conference teams announced. Um, and I'm thinking off the top of my head, it was Jeremiah Martin, Shiz Alston, Jaron Cumberland, Corey Davis, Corey Davis, and who am I? B.J. Taylor. B.J. Taylor. Um, and of those players, the three unanimous players were Jaron Cumberland, Corey Davis, and Jeremiah Martin. I'm not sure it's like, of course, Jeremiah deserves to be a unanimous first team selection, but it's it's also not coincidence that the two guys who are also unanimously selected are also the best players on the best teams. Now, it's not surprising that that's the case because they're great players and also deserving of being on the first team, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not, you know, the coaches hold it against Jeremiah that the... Well, and the, the question is, team. is it most outstanding player? Is it most valuable player? I'd argue if you took Jeremiah off Memphis, they'd be a lot worse than if you took Jaron Cumberland or Corey Davis off Houston. They'd be worse, Houston or Cincinnati. But they wouldn't be, you know, like I think if you took Jeremiah off Memphis, Memphis would be under 500 in league play. Um, also, Jeremiah has done things that are like unprecedented in this league that those other guys have I, not done. I still think, unfortunately, like I would, if I had a vote, I said this, you know, three weeks ago when, or two weeks ago when Jeremiah really, you know, blew up. Like, I think if the media was voting on this, Jeremiah would have a much better shot at winning. But because the coaches are voting on it, I think Cumberland, I mean, well, I think they're going to give, I think they give Kelvin coach of the year and then Cumberland gets player of the year. Although my one the one thing keeping me from saying that for sure is like Cumberland's a junior, whereas Davis and uh, Jeremiah are seniors. So does that factor into the coaches' thinking when they vote? Um, but that my guess would be Cumberland gets it, even though if I had a vote, because I tend to view these things as most valuable player, I would have probably cast my vote for Jeremiah. Even if it was best player, do you think Jeremiah would deserve it? Mm, it's tough because, like, I think this past month has been so spectacular. But I think sometimes 
it, like I don't like I don't think you can just overlook the fact that like in December he didn't play that well. You know, well, like in December he wasn't playing conference games. Yeah, but I'm this this award isn't just about conference games. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think. I think it's about like the whole body of work for your entire season. Um, I know, like the the coaches probably haven't watched as much as Memphis in non conference play necessarily, but I mean that that to me to me I mean maybe I'm wrong maybe like I don't know I haven't looked up the criteria for the award, but to me it's about the full body of work for your entire season. And Jeremiah got off to a slow start. It's why even though he put up all these forty point games, his season averages are pretty much about the same as they were a year ago. So let me play. Devil's he was more advocate. consistent last year. Um, so let me play devil's advocate. He, before he went on this run, he was in a different role on Memphis. Uh, and then that was not necessarily, um, his choice. And then, you know, Penny moves him back to being, you know, I don't see how that matters to the argument of how he performed like that. So that, but that's just the reality. That's just what he was. Like I said, I would probably vote for him. I'm just telling you, like for me, the one thing I think that's missing from his resume is complete. You know, he wasn't as consistent as he was last year. He was, he was heads and shoulders. He was, his peak was better than any peak in the league. Very clearly. Like his last month was better than anything. Anyone in the league put together. Um, but at the same time he had, I would argue his valleys were a little bit lower than Corey Davis and Jaron Cumberland. He was a little more up and down than they were. Although Cumberland had a tough stretch. Like when Cincinnati was struggling before the Memphis game, uh, before this most recent one, like Cumberland had a two or three game stretch where he was not very good. So maybe it goes to Davis. You know, Davis's numbers aren't quite as good, but he's also on a team that has a lot more weapons. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think you could go a number of different ways with this. I'm in the same camp as you. If I had a vote, I'd probably vote for Jeremiah Martin. Um, I just think the coaches are going to value the fact right. that Houston and Cincinnati finished 1-2, whereas Memphis finished 5th. I yeah. think, I think, and, and I mean, let's be frank, Memphis did not beat either Cincinnati or Houston this year. Mm-hmm. Although that does speak fairly highly. I would like to know how many in the history of this league, or any league really, how many... Uh, teams that finish outside the top three have a unanimous first team, you know, uh, honoree. Uh, I covered one year when I was covering Virginia Tech. Eric Green led the nation in scoring, and Virginia Tech finished like second to last in the league, and he won Player of the Year. Interesting. Um, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a big story about it. Like you know, this dichotomy of right the nation's leading scorer being on one of the worst teams in the country, um, but. <clears throat> I don't know. It's it'll in, in past it, years. It's honestly players on good teams. Honestly, in the end, like it might even be better for Memphis if he doesn't win because then he's going to come into this tournament pissed off, right? Right. Because he declared himself the best player in the league and then he didn't get it. Like honestly, it might be better for Memphis's chances in the AAC tournament if Jeremiah Martin doesn't win on Wednesday. Um, and That's ultimately, like. Does it really matter? Like anyway. I don't even. I don't like. Like it was funny. We were talking about it like a week or two ago, and like I don't even remember who the like. I didn't even remember who the player of the year was from last year. It was Gary Clark from Cincinnati. What I remember is I thought Rob Gray was the best player in the league. Like he had a Jeremiah esque season. 
and Houston was a little better than Memphis was this year, last year. But like, I didn't even remember Gary Clark won the award. Like, and I don't think any, you know, like it, it's kind of like it's important, but it's also not important. Like, you know, if he doesn't win, it doesn't change the fact that this was just so freaking fun to watch him just explode over the last month. And nothing will take that away. And before the season, I, I remember I wrote a big feature on him saying this is his run. This is his chance to cement his legacy by making it to the NCAA tournament. And after all that he's done, you know, he's already submitted his legacy at Memphis, even without. Now, that would be the cherry on top. That would be, you know, a moment that Memphis fans would remember for a long time. But what he's done over these past couple of months has been so uh, fantastic that, uh, you know, Jeremiah Martin's going to be a beloved Memphis Tiger for a really long time. Forever. 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 Nothing wrong with a Sandlot reference on a uh, basketball podcast. Um. All right. Well, that'll about do it for us. We'll 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 join you next week when we'll know if Memphis won the AAC tournament, if they're in the NIT, if they're in the NCAA tournament. We'll break it all down. Um, whatever happens, um, and we're gonna have coverage throughout the week of the AAC tournament here in Memphis at commercialpeel.com. Um, it should be a lot of fun and, and get out to the forum. Like I, I really think, uh, if you want this event to come back here, you need to show up to the games. I think that's important. Um, uh, you know, the next two years it's going to be in Fort Worth, but you know, it, it's critical, I think, to support the event if you want it back here. Um, so I would suggest if you can get out to the games and hopefully next week uh we'll be preparing to go to the ncaa first round in tulsa oklahoma so that we can go to that mexican place yeah right? and you can tell me what is not garbage on their menu <laughs> i don't want to go to if they go to the ncaa tournament i do not want to go to tulsa the place i always you know we already go like the the regionals are pretty good there's dc that's a good place to visit there's uh san jose so you get silicon valley that's not bad um, there's some other, there's some bad ones that like Des Moines and like Tulsa, Hartford, Connecticut, Hartford. Well, here's what I'll say about Hartford. At least Hartford, there's some good food downtown. So uh, I okay. don't believe you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and maybe, maybe we'll get, you know, it was funny. The last time I checked the NIT bracketology, it had Memphis hosting Arkansas in the first round of the NIT, that would be fun. which would be amazing. Um, if you could get that, but who knows those NIT bracketology things can be wildly not inaccurate, but just, you know, they're all over the map sometimes, but we'll, we'll break it all down next week. We're going to go cover the tournament. Uh, you should go watch the games till next week. I was Mark was joined by Drew and Jason. Thanks so much. And vote for Jeremiah, I guess. I don't know. No one has a vote. Sorry. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at CommercialAppeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.